Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Whether you need a battery for your truck or a battery for your trail camera or a specialized battery for your range finder or a crazy toy that you bought for your kids, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. Stop into a local Interstate Battery retail store, talk with a specialist, get the battery that you need, and go on about your day. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bear. Hey, this is the Bear Tech Colby Moorhead. Today, Clay is joined by James Brandenburg for a bonus episode of the, of the podcast. They're going to be talking about a land issue that's pertinent to Arkansas and the selling of public lands. Uh, just real quick, stay informed. Have a good one. I am here with James Brandenburg, the chair of the Arkansas chapter of the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Association. And you brought me uh, Pop-Tarts, Big League Chew, peanuts, and Coke at my I texted James before, when he was coming over, and I said I, I tried to make this like really obscure list of things for him to bring to the global headquarters, and it was a joke. And he brought it, so we're we're like having a feast right now. That's right. So James, I I wanted to get you on here to talk to us about what's going on with the Pine Tree Experimental Station over in Eastern Arkansas. So it's a it, it, Essentially, we're going to get into all the details, but essentially what's happening is that there's been a piece of public ground over there. It's been a piece of public ground for a long time, 
and it's owned by the University of Arkansas. It's been managed by the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. And right now they're trying to sell off about 6,500 acres. That's just, I don't I don't know why. Maybe you do. They're selling it off, and basically it's just public land that's going to be turned into private duck lease, duck lease or something. And so, uh, so how long has this piece of ground been public land? It was acquired by the federal government sometime, let's say, in the probably in the 1940s or 50s. So for like 80 years, it's been public. Ground. Long time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so the way that this came back to the federal government is that uh, there was an act passed during the Depression that's called the Bankhead Jones Farm Tenant Act. And one of the provisions of that act was it authorized the Secretary of Agriculture to acquire submarginal farmland mm. and take it out of production. Mm. Um, and this would be places that were that either weren't good farmland to start off with, maybe they'd been degraded or damaged, maybe they were along watersheds and needed to be needed to be taken out of production so that um, you weren't worrying about uh, quality of the water, things like that. Right. It, it says in the law, you know, it talks about conservation and and habitat and for the benefit of the public that they would take this land out of production. Mm. Okay, so submarginal farmland is usually great hunting land. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially if when you, you just, said that, I thought, I bet that's a good place to hunt. Yeah, well, and it's been out of production for a long time. Yeah, so that's the other thing; it's been years. rehabilitated, right? Yeah. So. It also provided for the Secretary of Agriculture to dispose of those lands, provided that that land remained in public use. And if you think mm. about this, Clay, would you want the federal government or anybody to come in and say, um, buy up property, buy up distressed property from at that time in the in the Depression era? I mean, let's let's face it; it's probably farmers that were not doing well. Right. Buy that up from them, and then turn around and sell that either for a profit or sell it to land barons or, you know, however you want to describe it back then. You know, yeah. people who were wealthy back then. One of the key things that was going on during the Depression, I've done a lot of reading on this. They were trying to figure out how to get sharecroppers and tenants off of those situations where they were just living hand to mouth every year, get them right. started with a piece of land where they could build a life for themselves. Right. So by taking this land out of production, they were, they were trying to help with that situation. That, that act overall existed to help those, help those right. uh, poor people. And a lot of them in the South to get started with something better in life. There's, tons and tons of history on on that and it's fascinating to get into but for our discussion this property in 1960 um and i haven't found if it's the forest service at that point or if it was the soil service at that mm. time uh, but eventually the property um through the department of agriculture and the forest service uh, the University of Arkansas was deeded access to this property for agricultural re 
agricultural research. Okay. And this happened across the country, not just here in Arkansas. There's many, many places like this. In fact, part of our national grassland system came out mm. of this same type of property. So in 1960, the university um, got access to it for agricultural research. Um, there's a deed from the Forest Service to the University of Arkansas. And in that deed, there's a clause that states if the property ever ceases to be used for the public or comes out of public use, that property is to revert back to the Forest Service. It's about a four-line clause hmm. in the deed. It's super easy to understand. You and I can read it and understand what it means. Really? And so um, fast forward to today. You know, the university publicly states that they have a need to fund some other obligations in the Division of Agriculture. Um, they've made commitments. They've got some grants that they need to come up with matching funds for, things like that. And the way that they're proposing to do this is by selling this property, 6,300 acres of it that but they want to sell. There's a four-sentence clause that says... It goes, if they don't own it, it goes back to the Forest yeah, Service. Pretty straightforward, right? Now, the way that they would get around that, of course, is the way that anybody gets around something that they don't like in a, in a contract. Yeah, they, right. go, they go to Congress and try to get that worked through U.S. Congress. Hmm. So it'll take an act of Congress. The university acknowledges this. It'll take an act of Congress to close that land deal. Hmm. Now, the, public, uh, the, the university also states that they, have, um, that they have marketed the property extensively, that they had extensive conversations with other agencies here in Arkansas, Natural Heritage Commission, uh, Nature Conservancy, and Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. And ultimately, the Game and Fish Commission, they say, turned them down because they didn't have the money to buy it. The Game and Fish has been kind of silent on that. Um, you know, I haven't pressed them on that yet really to, to know how extensively that went on. Bottom line is right now there's a, there's a contract in place for the university to sell this property to a private entity. It's going to take away the best hunting property in St. Francis County that's publicly accessible in a place where there's not a lot of publicly accessible hunting mm. property. Mm. And it's going to lock it behind a gate. And, you know, you, you have listeners across the country, and, and I think that people could ask themselves, like, oh, I live in West Virginia. You know, why do I care about what's going on in Arkansas? This is a situation, number one, it's going to take U.S. congressional approval. Number two, these types of properties, these 6,300 acres is a, is a lot, but it, in the grand scheme of all of our hundreds of millions of public land, it's a drop in the bucket. But for the people right there in St. Francis County, right. that, that's where they hunt. And I can't tell you how many people I've heard from that, you know, kids, this is where they learn how to hunt. Women have learned how to hunt there. Of course, men have learned how to hunt there. You know, they were kids when they learned, and now they're grownups taking right. their kids out there. If Congress... And all it takes is some slick lobbying to say, hey, look what we're going to do with this $17 million. We're going to send $15 million of it over here, and we're going we're gonna to spend a million of it over there. And Is that what they're getting that, for the land, $17 million? $17 million. 
Yeah, for 6,300 acres. And Clay, that's not, according to what I'm hearing, that's cheap for that land over there. Really? Um, should be going for 4000 to $4,500 an acre at least. Hmm. Um, but if that disappears and if they set that precedent for this place to disappear, what happens when they come for 400 acres over there that right. maybe maybe only a couple hundred people use or or whatever the case might be we've already got an access problem we've already got an R3 problem our we, we can't sell enough licenses to to take care of the habitat work that we need to do and we're going to make it harder for average people and especially in eastern arkansas where it is quickly in my mind becoming harder and harder for people of average means to have a place to hunt because right. people want to go over there and duck hunt. They're right. willing to, they will buy, you know, in private transactions, which is fine. I mean, if you want to sell yeah. and I want to buy, there's nothing wrong with that, but, but access well, disappears. All, you know? all of Eastern Arkansas, well, that's an exaggeration. A ton of Eastern Arkansas is high dollar lease land. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. You know, on the Mississippi Delta over there. Mm-hmm. And there's also some some big public tracks over there too, but it's, yeah, it's big money lease country for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, so backcountry hunters and anglers has gotten involved in this um, here in Arkansas. This is our, this is our first big thing to be a part of. Yeah. You know, we... We're a chapter in June at the end of July. Wham! You know, we're, we got confronted with this. Um, thankfully, we have some, some friends in certain places in in state government who are against the sale. And publicly, even the, um, U.S. uh, representative, Rick Crawford, has stated that he's against the sale as well. Oh, really? And so, so he's the, he's the, rep over there yes yep that's in his district yeah and so we have some some friends in this in the legislature but you know to us things happen by majority and so having one or two friends doesn't mean that everybody's going to go that way yeah so what we're doing right now uh number one we're raising awareness about it of course our social media we have a petition out there at backcountryhunters.org have enough people signed that petition? We've got about, as of today, around 1,500, 1,550 signatures. Really? And that's, and that's a that's a really good response on something that's kind of a, a localized issue like that. Right. And, um, you know, and the reason that we're doing that, like, okay, what does, a, what does a signing a petition do? Well, if we need to mobilize to contact legislators at some point in the future, we need to know who to contact, who cares about yeah. this. It also gives us a voice when we go to speak to, let's say, to say, hey, I got fifteen hundred people or two thousand people mm-hmm. that have signed a petition. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, so we, you told me earlier that this the sale was supposed to be finalized in like October, mm-hmm. but it looks like they're going to push it off. Potent- or they may. Well, they might. They might push it off. Um, you know, nothing set in stone yet. And and. There's not a lot of public information coming from the university, which if you wanted something to go away, you're not going to, you're not going to, your PR machine is going to say, here's all the great things we're going to do. And we're not going to, we're not going to address these other people over here. We're just, we're not going to, we're going to ignore that. Yeah. Um, 
man, I, yeah, I grew up in Northwest Arkansas. I love the Razorbacks. I love the university. This is a situation where there's a better way. We need to find a better solution to sell in this land so they can do what they want to do with that money and help the people of Arkansas. That's fine. But don't penalize St. Francis County yeah. and, then, and the people who travel in to, to do that. So what, what, can, uh, what can people do? How can we get involved? So first thing that we'd ask people to do is sign our petition because that gives us a voice. Yeah. Second thing is share it with your friends, share it on your social media. We've got some articles up there on our Arkansas-specific yeah. page at, at uh, backcountryhunters.org talking about the issue. And and then just main thing is if you want to contact your your legislators right now, it's okay, but there's nothing for them to do about it. Right. So so be ready to do that if we need you to do that. In the future. Like if it goes to vote in Congress. Yep. The congressional level. Yep. That's where uh people in other states can get involved. They exactly. Could say, tell their their legislator, hey, vote against this mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. and they'd know what it was. Yep. Yeah, okay. That... Well I think um I mean the, the the premise of all this is is right on is that I mean we've got the public land that, that we've got right now needs to stay public land. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is interesting. Like, I never thought we'd have really anything quite like this come up in Arkansas. I didn't either. Usually it's the western states that have kind of these, uh, you know, places where they're trying to sell off public land into private hands. And so this is just a unique example of how it can happen, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, so yeah, if if that place was 10 miles from here and I coon hunted over there, you know, two or three nights a week in the wintertime. And mm-hmm. I mean, it would be something that I would be very interested in. And we know that there, and that's, that's just the way this stuff works is that for, for the voice of hunters and anglers to have power, other people have to get involved with stuff that doesn't affect them. That's right. Like that's, that's the way this works is that we can, we know that somebody's hunting over there. Some somebody has raised their family hunting over there, mm-hmm. and so it might as well be us that you know. And so that that's the way this stuff works, and I, I think that's the that's the culture that we're building inside the hunting community is one of hey, we're kind of looking out for each other. And that's right. what I like about this. Is yeah. I've never been over there. It's four or five hours from here. It's mm-hmm. over in eastern Arkansas. We're in northwestern Arkansas, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's the way that we've got to view it. And so, you know. We, yeah. So just keep us keep us up to date. Yeah. And uh, where can they find you on social media and, and updates on this and stuff? At Arkansas BHA on Instagram. That's probably the easiest place to find us. Uh, we'll have regular updates there. Um, of course, we're on Facebook. We have a we have a private group on Facebook. You can ask to join there. Yeah. Um, Backcountryhunters.org. Our Arkansas chapter page will have information okay. on it as well. Okay. Cool. Well, um, is is there anything else we haven't covered? I mean, I know we could know oh, yeah. about this. We for... could, we could go deep into it, but I think we've we've really done a good job of hitting the high points and yeah. letting people know what's going on. And we're just appreciative, you know, more than anything. I know the people over there. I have been in contact with with several of the people over there who are really concerned about it, and and they're they. 
at the risk of inviting the rest of the world to come down and hunt their place, they are asking for our help to save it. Yeah. And um, and I think that's a worthy thing. And so I appreciate the time yeah. to, yep. to talk about You know, it. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers mobilizes people better than any group I've ever been a part of. That's that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's and, what. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that and the and the allies that we have. That's what I've told them. I'm like, we will get the message out. We will mobilize people to contact. I mean, part of the way that this problem is going to get resolved is finding an alternate way for the university to sell it. Because if they need to sell it, if they need that money, well, we let's help them find it in a way that makes sense. Well. And sell it, you're saying sell it to a group that would keep it public. Yeah, yeah. If they yeah. can sell it to Game and Fish Commission, if they Forest Service, Forest Service, whatever it is, you know, let's find a way to keep this land. In you don't public. have 17 million that you donate to this. Oh man, I just built a big old bear cabin out in the woods. And, no, not yet. I'm still working on my first uh, million. <laughs> well, thanks a ton, James. You bet. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get. We'll, we'll keep everybody updated on this and they can check it out on social media. That sounds good. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own well head over to land.com they've got ranches forests mountains streams you name it search by acreage you can search by location you can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of land.com it is where the adventure begins hey we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries now if you're like me enjoying the great outdoors you need gear that is as reliable as it gets that's why i power my adventures with interstate batteries i use interstate batteries in my boats i use interstate batteries in my camper great for your truck too from alaska to montana they're outrageously dependable battery is essential with over 150,000 dealer locations finding one is easy for all your vehicles land or sea choose interstate head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today